Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and welcome to our live weekly medical show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us again to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. This is your chance to talk to the doctor directly. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760. WJR. Welcome back, all of you listeners, to our live weekly medical show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We invite you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Listeners, call in with your questions. Dr. Collender, welcome, welcome, Siobhan. I see that you've already got a caller. So should we take your caller first of all? No. No? All right, then let's have Dr. Collender start <laughs> with... Okay, we'll kick off the show first. Yeah. We'll kick off the show and find out the news of the week. Well, I have an agenda, as always. So... You know, I'm we, afraid we, of that list right, of that long paper right. stack of papers there. Well, okay. the listeners should know I never have notes for a show. I really just go off the off the cuff. And but um, as we get deeper in the weeds of why vaccine mandates are bad, um, again, my job is heart attack and stroke prevention. There's a very strong correlation connection between our concerns and criticisms of how COVID's being handled and prevention. And the connection is the FDA. So we're all, you know, not happy with how the government and policies are being handled and about treatments and lack of treatments and no early care and, you know, what's available, um, getting the vaccines and whether they work, whether they're effective, whether they're safe. Same questions could be asked about why can't we get access to true preventive services. And at the end of the day, the, the, the factor, the group that's at the center of the, the log jam is the FDA. They're the ones that are um, holding up both ends um, to the benefit of the system, which makes money when you're sick. So when products are being sold, people are in the hospital, services are being rendered for illness, that's what makes money. And I hate to say it's all about money, so that's why we talk a lot about COVID and what really should be a heart attack and stroke prevention show. Because if you're this, you know, and we go into this a lot on the Sunday show that we just recorded, finished recording five minutes ago. That's on Sunday at 3 p.m. Yeah. for listeners. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got thin skin, don't listen. <laughs> but if you, you know, the, 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 the key is that the system is broken in every possible way. And that's why I talk about COVID and it's really to wake you up to the systems broken. And how do I find a way around it? It's not because, I mean, yes, I care about COVID, but 
it's this, the same problems are affecting prevention. And so now I'm, you know, I'm really upset about these vaccine mandates on kids. And is that in place now that it is a, is a pass, that it is a mandate? It's on the, again, nothing's changed in a week. But right. it's the path is being set. It's just a matter of happening and being rubber stamped that COVID vaccines are going to be part of the normal childhood vaccine program and that kids are going to have to get vaccinated in order to go to school. And again, I, it's not about vaccine or not. It's, you need a choice. These should things that should be chosen. And, and you know, in the UK... They recognize that natural immunity is widespread. And so they make the vaccine available, but not required. And so they've got better data about natural immunity. So even in groups of children where there's not a lot of vaccine administration, there's 95% naturally acquired immunity. So again, the vaccines are available not required in the United States. They don't have the data, but you've got to assume it's within close. And so why, I just want to jump in and ask you a question before we get on to another subject. Why is the USA then not relying on data from the UK? Well, it's not a question of the data. It's a decision. Well, they the decision, have the, but the, it's the, obviously working. What's working that they, they're not, they're not mandating it. They're not making it, they're not making it necessary to have to get this vaccine in order to continue on with school and life. Well, we live in the United States, Anne-Marie, and we're, gonna talk, we're talking about what's wrong here. The UK is finally doing it right. They didn't start doing it right, but they learned, right. and they're adjusting. And the United States is one size fits all. This is population medicine. Right. Let's do the same thing for everybody, whether it you know, doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're from, which, anything. You are getting the, the same damn vaccine, whether you need it or not. And no recognition that natural immunity has some value. And so why mandate something that has a remedy in place? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I also want to, as we go on through the show, that um, I'll say most of my information that I get from vaccines these days is from somebody on YouTube named Dr. John Campbell. And if you want to go to his website, his YouTube page, very informative. He's prolific. I don't know how he stays on, but he just presents his information. And that's where I get a lot of my um, current vaccine data from. So I need to reference that. Uh, first of all, should we, oh, we have actually, we're at the end of the segment, so we can't really do a caller right now. But um, we'll talk more in the next segment about, you know, the FDA, the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and how little data was obtained to make these decisions to vaccinate your children and grandchildren. It's embarrassing. Well, I don't know if there's anything we can do about it, unfortunately, but let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957.
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give you some hard advice on what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. This is your chance to talk to the doctor directly. Dr. Collender, we're talking about forcing people to, especially school-aged children, to get the vaccine. We'll take the calls in a minute, but do you want to just start off talking about well, what's wrong you know, with this Let's picture? do the call because that's a whole other segment. We're well, all ran. All right. So let's do the calls. Siobhan? Okay. Yep. So up first, we have Greg and Shelby. Greg, one of our usual listeners. What's your question? Oh, you guys are awesome. Mr. Positive, Dr. Collender is speaking truth to power. And everybody, real quick, go see the Elvis movie. Got to ask you, <laughs> Dr. Collender. Yes, I'm a huge Elvis fan. Everyone knows. Um, prescription drugs. I've been dealing with a lot of people that I know that are uh, being addicted to uh, prescription painkillers. Do you think the medical field has any onus or burden or any uh, culpability when come, coming to this? Or is it up to the patient? Um, and what are the well, machinations that happen in the brain with painkillers? Well, thanks for the question. And, you, uh, you know, th there's a, you know, there's a movie on one of the channels called Dope Sick, which kind of walks through the whole, um, you know, opioid drug um, epidemic. And, you know, my feeling is that this is another FDA failure. So they allowed a pharmaceutical company to change policy. I remember being, you know, in the hospital working when all of a sudden there's, you know, pain is the fifth vital sign, you know, and so ho the hospital lobby bought into this, the FDA bought into this. Yes. And, you know, inscrutable family running a pharmaceutical company lied and cheated and told everybody that their drug wasn't addicting when it was, but we have an industry and you know, we have a foundation of a system that's supposed to be protecting Americans called the FDA that failed us in that moment. The hospital lobby failed us. And so who's getting blamed are doctors for prescribing a drug that the FDA approved, that the hospitals were encouraging to be used. So doctors are being thrown under the bus for doing you know, what they're supposed to do, which is blindly follow the FDA. No one in the FDA got fired or went to jail for approving this. No, the you know, the family gets fined, you know, God knows how many billions of dollars. I don't know if they went to jail or not. But doctors are being sued and thrown in jail. Now, I'm not, I'm not defending doctors who are running pill mills, but being blamed for prescribing a harmful drug, we're all being told to do, if the FDA says it's okay, if the insurance covers it, it's okay. You know, we're, we're no longer holding doctors accountable on this show but the system allows that. Why are we blaming doctors for the failure of the infrastructure? Well, they, they obviously don't have enough power to overcome it. There's nothing they can do about it. 
well, who's the they? The, you know, the dots. So, so to answer Greg's question, yeah, the system should be held accountable, and it's not. The doctors are being scapegoated. So I'm defending doctors. Tonight, for a yeah, change, right? right? All right, Siobhan, do you have another caller? Yeah, next we have David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, the question is, my question for you, doctor, is this. Shouldn't the FDA and the World Health Organization and the pharmaceutical companies be held, held to account for the false information leading up to all these COVID, COVID uh, viruses and heart attacks and strokes? And I have, because I have a feeling that we are all being lied to by these pharmaceutical companies and the Food and Drug Administration and everywhere else in Canada and the United States about these vaccines. And I'm one of the people who is fed up and trying to look for some kind of action to take against vaccine mandates federally at camp and everywhere else, on buses and everywhere else. What, do you, what, is, your, what is your take on that? Well, thanks, David. You know, again, the reason we're interested in COVID is because, again, it's the same system. You know, the rate limiting factor in these decisions is the FDA. And so the FDA is, at the end of the day, following these protocols. Unfortunately, no one in the FDA went to jail for allowing opioids to be marketed the way they were as safe and effective when they were dangerous and deadly. So I don't really expect anybody in the FDA, David, to go to jail over COVID. Frankly, that's why the FDA wanted to bury the data on these COVID uh, studies for 75 years, because by then they'd all be dead and they wouldn't be able to be held accountable for their crimes against humanity, which is exactly what they are. Um, so, you know, before we go to the next caller, I want to try to stay on our thing about, you know, these childhood vaccine mandates and remind people that the decisions to vaccinate children are really based on three, three kids out of 1,600 had COVID in the time of the study run by Pfizer. And so of those three, they didn't get hospitalized that means the vaccine is efficacious. And because no one in the study like died, again, that we know of, it's safe. Now, don't forget that children in the initial vaccine study left the study group because they became severely ill, had to go to the hospital, which excluded them from the study. And, and so they're not part of the safety data. There were kids documented out of the study. Again, I don't say documented officially because they're officially out of the study. They're suing the FDA. Um, so we don't, there's no, there's not enough time or numbers of people to establish safety on these studies, but there it is. It's approved. And the Moderna data did not reach the World Health Organization guidance of 50% efficacy. So what does the FDA do? they lower the United States guidance to 40%. And now all of a sudden, the Moderna is good enough for kids. Lower the standard of care. That's our country just to sell these damn vaccines. And if you think they're looking out for you, and if you think that you're gonna go and get care when you go to your doctor, 
and do the FDA prescribed process, you're out of your mind. Go ahead. Uh, should we take another call or <laughs> yeah. stay on the soapbox? Uh, do we have, okay, if we have a second. Okay, so we'll jump to John in Riverview. John, we're coming to the end of the segment, but what's your question? Hi, first of all, I'd like to tell you I love your program. I'm a I'm a design been a design engineer for over 30 years and I I was always about root cause to solve technical problems. So I give you kudos for what you're doing. Okay? My question is uh I had a blood pressure problem uh that came upon me cuz I was silly and I didn't get my blood pressure tested and it got out of control. Now I'm on I forget the name of the pill, but it's a small little pill. I've got to take like one and a half every day, but it makes me feel a little bit woozy, you know, off the bat. And my question is, if I were to become a patient of yours, do you have a uh, a, a plan where I could eventually get off of this stuff? Well, Thanks for calling and appreciate everything you're saying. We're going to have to talk more about you, and we will come back to you after the next segment because we're running out of time on this one. But we will uh, address your question first thing at the beginning of the next segment. So good. talk it's to you soon. Good question. All right. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, just before the break, you took a call from John who had a specific question. Please go ahead and follow up on his question. Well, thanks. Um, so, John, the question is, in my mind, isn't how do I get off these medications? The question is, where is my health? What is my risk of events? And what do I have to do to not have a preventable outcome? You know, so if we're telling you that heart attack and stroke is preventable, how do we stop that from happening? Not necessarily how do I get off your medications. Now, to the if you're taking a medication that's giving you a side effect, then that may not be the right medication for you. So we want to find medicines that don't have these side effects because that shouldn't be happening. That's number one. And then the rest of it is, again, identifying your risk. And that means... Getting imaging, you know, getting a carotid intima media thickness test, measuring the layers of your artery wall that predict risk of having an event, looking for other vascular markers that represent chronic disease, get a coronary artery calcium scan if you have to, meaning if your CIMT is normal, we still have to keep looking for plaque, 
because it's common. Um, and then address all the drivers of disease that cause these things to happen. So not a good idea to ignore your blood pressure. Um, I agree you shouldn't be on a pill that gives you side effects. There's a lot of blood pressure pills. Find one that you can tolerate that doesn't give you dizziness or weakness and lowers your blood pressure. So, so therefore, what, what, what he really needs to do is understand that he needs to be in the type of practice that you're, you're talking about right now, where you look at everything. Right. Well, the question is not how to get this pill. The question is, how do I not have an event? How do I not die? Yes. That's the question. Not how I got this pill. How do I not die? Yeah, and the big issue is just trying to make people understand that they're all unique and they all have their own profile. And you you need to do these, you know, investigative tests in order to find out exactly where they stand. And the big the big issue has always been all along is that they're not covered by insurance, but they're also not very expensive. And so it's kind of like, what's your life worth? Siobhan, you have calls backing up. Who do you have calling? Yeah, so maybe we can... So up next, we have Pat in Richmond Township who held uh, over the break. Pat, what's your question? Uh, my question is, <clears throat> I, this is kind of off tangent, but uh, Charlie Leduff did a study, and it showed from June 2020 to June 2021, the number of COVID deaths in the state of Michigan were 14,700. Um, now, keep in mind, the vaccine um, was introduced around December of 2020. And so that year only had like a six month period for people to get vaccinated and its it startup was rather slow. So basically you didn't have any vaccine that year, hardly going out on. And then June 2021 to June 2022, we had 16,000 COVID deaths. And now, I mean, when you look at how a pandemic goes, normally it starts to wane and go down but the vaccine introduced had the luxury of having all the low the, the low fruit picked so to speak all the vulnerable people got knocked off the first year and furthermore you had herd immunity taking place so the vaccine's introduction had tremendous advantage to be a rousing success the fact that 16,000 people it went up instead of down shows the inadequacy of the vaccine's effectiveness and I just don't buy some of these things that people say, well, they lowered the, the masks requirements or they start letting people move around more. It just doesn't add up, in my opinion. I just wanted the doctor's opinion on that. Well, thanks for calling. So I'm not familiar with that particular study, but, um, you know, the idea to me is that we adapt to the situation. And in the beginning, we had no vaccine. People were dying from COVID and we needed something. And, you know, regular listeners will know I was promoting a vaccine way back when, and I recognized we didn't have the data. It wasn't being presented to us. And I was hoping that we weren't being screwed over by the government. And once they mandated and simultaneously approved a branded version of the vaccine, which are philosophically opposed actions, then I said, okay, they're trying to kill us. Um, and that's when I stopped and said, okay, we need to be a little critical or a lot critical. Um, again, I'm going to refer to the United Kingdom and who's adapting to the situation. Um, you know, the government is not adapting. The United States is not adapting. The CDC, FDA is not. They're just saying, let's move ahead and 
mandate these vaccines and all logic thrown aside. And that is what's not good. And uh, uh, that's where my problem is. All right, let's move on. Siobhan, you have another caller. Yeah, we do. Up next, we have Danielle in New Jersey. Danielle, what's your question? And Danielle, by the way, did send in her question last week. She was going to call you, Dr. Collider. You'll remember she's <laughs> yes, a star side follower. So uh, go ahead, Danielle. What is your question? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty off topic to tonight's segment, but um, recently my psychiatrist retired. So I've been in, on uh, Zoloft SSRIs since I was like 17. I'm like 35 now. Um I know they work by enhancing your serotonin levels and stuff. I've also been reading a bunch of different things um, written by doctors and books and stuff about um, how healthy eating in your serotonin is mostly produced in your gut. So um, I I feel like that that's a good thing. Like food can can you know kind of cure a lot of ailments that we have, like from depression to help with diabetes and all that so um rather than pills like you know the pedal pushing of the pills pills for this pills for that um i wanted to get off the the ssri and use diet alone to try and you know like fix myself kind of so the question is uh like how would you recommend like getting dealing with the withdrawal from getting off those kinds of medications? That's just an excellent question. There are so many people that are addicted to these psychotropic medications and they're on them forever. And they're more harmful in the long run than good. So Dr. Collender, what does she do? What does this patient do? Well, thanks for calling. Um, first thing is, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying, which is gut health does um, generate all of the neurotransmitters in our brain. So most of the serotonin is made by our microbiome so you want to optimize your microbiome first. So non-inflammatory foods, which are mostly plant-based, green leafy vegetables, sweet potatoes, root vegetables, and anything in the cabbage family, that should be the bulk of what you eat. And then there are some supplements, which I'm not going to get into right now, but there's some supplements that can help support gut health. Um, and then once you're kind of going on this diet, you want to wean off the Zoloft slowly, like over minimum three weeks. And since you've been on so long, I'll wean off of it maybe over six weeks. But who monitors her during that process? Well, I mean, you got to have a doctor, you know, who's with you, you know, whether it's your PCP or psychiatrist, so that if there's a problem, you know, you can get some guidance on, you know, what to do. Um, but I expect you to do fine. What I find is the, you got to watch yourself three to four months later, because that's how long it takes for your, neuro, your like your brain to unwind from the medicine. So if things start going haywire um, three, four months down the road, you might need to go back on it or on some other medicine, you know, because psychiatry is complicated. So And our psychiatrist's uh, gone, not available anymore. So she's dependent on the PCP. Good luck with that one. Anyway, enjoy the Baltimore show with Starsight. We got to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing and you'd like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957.
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. And also, listeners, don't forget to tune in Sunday at 3 to listen to our weekly show with lots of information. Dr. Collender, final segment. How can we wrap this up? It doesn't seem to be... I don't know. You hear more and more calls from people, whether it's psychiatric call, being too over-medicated. What's the answer? You're one doctor. Well, I'm not going to answer that question. I was going to come back to where we talk about, which is um, making the decisions for yourself. You know, again, we talk, if you want to choose a prevention plan, you've got to leave the system to find somebody who's practicing true healthcare prevention to find on your own that the system is horribly damaged to your detriment. So that means you've got to ignore the process that everyone's doing, find another one that will lead you and shepherd you down the path. And along with that decision, again, and we want to talk to the parents and grandparents of young children up to 26 when you know even when they can make their own decision that it should be okay to choose not to get vaccinated when the data does not support efficacy or safety even though the fda has approved it and the cdc has endorsed it the data does not support it and there's so much data out there about natural immunity um we don't know that natural immunity anymore is better than vaccinated immunity, but that's not the proof of burden. The proof of burden on the government is to show that vaccinated immunity is better than natural immunity. They cannot. So if you cannot prove that the drug that you have is better than the control group, you're morally, you cannot morally put it out there as a mandated product. They cannot prove that being vaccinated provides better immunity than natural immunity. But at the end of the day, if it's going to be mandated, it's going to be mandated. And what's the what's the public supposed to do? What's the average person supposed to do? I mean, well, if you mandate vaccines for children that are supposed to start school. There are many parents out there who've declined vaccines for their kids. They still get to school. They still, you know, go to college, you know, and and... You know, it's camp season, and I'm kind of connected to the camp world a little bit, and these kids are being denied access to camp, just like David can't go on his vacation because he can't, he's not vaccinated. Right. And so there's, you know, it's an assumption that vaccine prevents severe disease. There's no support of that. There's none right now. You have a call, Siobhan? Yeah, yeah, we do. Let's jump to the caller. We have a we have Carol on the line calling from Naples, Florida. Carol, what's your question? Um, doctor, I've been on Reprinarol for a long time for restless leg syndrome. 
I was wondering if there was any natural components that I could use to wean myself off of this. You know, well, restless leg syndrome is a sleep disorder. And, you know, if and sleep is a critical component to um, prevention. Um, I wouldn't do anything without being under the care of your sleep doctor to make sure that whatever you do is leading to the result of you having good quality sleep. And so that's my caveat there is that, is that we do that. Now, how do you promote better sleep? Regular exercise, healthy eating, just like we talked about, having a good bedtime routine. Now, again, you have a sleep disorder. And so you need to optimize all these other areas of your health the best you can before you start thinking about weaning off a drug. And again, under the care of a specialist. Sleep doctor, important. Maybe she was never told about that, that she needs to be under the care of a sleep doctor because so few PCPs or even specialists talk about that. But before we run out of time, Siobhan, you've got another call. Yeah, we now have Suzanne in Livonia on the line. Suzanne, what's your question? Hi there. I've got a, a college freshman um, that's going to a university here in Michigan, and I want to ensure that he doesn't have to get the vaccine. What can we put on his waiver? Because they're demanding he gets the vaccine when he stays on campus. It's concerning, very concerning. I wish I had an answer for you, and I don't. I don't know that there's anything you can put on there. Um, but again, this is what we just talked about, that um, natural immunity should be a vaccine exemption because it's, it's as good as being vaccinated. And unfortunately, you know, you may, there's decisions and choices to make. Let me ask a question here. Um, this is being uh, uh, stopped at the university level. People can't get into college now. What college is that he's going to? can't stay on campus. He can go if he didn't stay on campus. It's a Eastern Michigan University. And I he see. didn't we don't have a positive COVID test either yet. We don't have one, so we can't even prove he had it. So we well, were gonna I mean, go with giving him studies. There's studies everywhere saying that that it's not <laughs> a good thing for him to have it and such and such. But I look whatever you let, let me know what you think. Well, I mean, I would say let's get off campus housing, that's all. I mean, you can go to school. You can have your friends. I would do off-campus housing. Depends on how far away he lives. You don't know. He might be well, coming. There's, well, I mean, they're, no, there's off-campus housing. Yeah, there. that's right. true. So, well, I mean, get an apartment a block off of campus. Right. Well, that's all. You just can't live in a dorm. Well, that they demand that you have this vaccine in order to go to school when it could kill you. It, I get what you're saying to work around it. I just think it's kind of cruddy. But and he lives thirty minutes. Away, I live thirty minutes away, and he wants wants to stay on campus, so yeah, he could stay home I, for sure. I, it's 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 immoral. It's not just cruddy. It's immoral to mandate a treatment that is not better than the control. And so, and and you say you don't have a positive COVID test. Um, there's enough data out there to support that most people in his age group have been exposed to COVID and have an and. Well, here's the other thing. Antibody serology, which is the blood test we all get, does not predict your immunity. That's, I have so patients come to me and go, I want my antibodies to see if I'm still immune. It doesn't matter because 
the immunity is being stored in your bone marrow with B cells, T cells, and these are done through sophisticated studies. And so we know that that's where it's stored. There's no connection between your natural immunity and your COVID antibody results. So it's useless to get a COVID antibody result. I mean, yes, it'll say while it's positive, you're immune, um, but it'll go away. You're still immune. Um, so unfortunately, there's no one to talk to because the pediatricians are on the boards of these of these camps and schools, and they make money giving vaccines. There's no independent thought here. Everybody making the decision for you to get a vaccine or not is on the payroll one way or the other. National health, that's it. There isn't any other answer in this regard, but we're out of time now. Uh, so I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope that you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.